express yourself. Hello and welcome back to the Feminine Expressions Talks, where we invite the wisdom of women and rediscover the feminine ways. My name is Antje, I am your host, and today I'm here with Victoria. And uh, Victoria and I, we met on the border of Belize and Guatemala a few years ago, and we traveled in Guatemala together. We went to the Pyramids of Tikal. So we have a really beautiful story, I feel. And today we want to hear Victoria's story. Hello, my dear. Hello, Tara. <laughs> nice to see you again. So to begin with, would you introduce yourself with a few words, please? Yep, I'm Victoria. I am sitting in a food forest as a mother and a sister and a daughter an author, a painter, as a creator, as a co-facilitator of movement and women retreat, and um, a grower of food. Wonderful. I love it. Awesome. So let's maybe dive into your story. I know, well, I'm going to start right away because I know that you wrote a book and uh, I'm super interested in how all that started or which part of your story does the book play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the book is actually, it was written years and years and years ago because I started journaling when I was 12. So I was, you know, just in the space of my inner self it was like my own best friend. So it has my deepest, um, brightest, darkest, amazing, not so amazing thoughts in this journal. It was, you know, dear diary. And so I wrote my whole life, basically. And um, I decided to publish it and let it go because... Um, the books that I wrote is college through um, after college and some experiences after college. So it was like early 20s to late 20s. So it was a good 10-year period. And that's what I decided to publish. So my books are actually novels, diary novels. <laughs> so nothing changed except names and some places for privacy reasons. And um, I, I published the books that have um, early 20s. I was just graduating college and then traveled to Europe in Australia. And then the second book that I published was my a whole experience in South Korea and all over Asia. And then my third book, which you're in, is um, my experiences um, backpacking through Central, Mexico, Central, and South America. Wow. So they're raw. <laughs> they're authentic. They talk about um, pretty much every single thing that me as a 20-year-old went through. So, um, and the point of it was, the point of the release of publication was to connect to other women 
who possibly had those same thought patterns that you read through the book, um, the same behaviors that read through the book. Um, you know, I broke up with one guy just to date another guy that was almost the same person. I left one job to get into another job, which was like the same job. So just finding patterns. Um, and that's, so that's how the books came to be after I left Central America. Um, actually, it was South America. After I left South America and came stateside, I put them all on the computer. I edited, edited them. I edited them. Used the, my own personal paintings for the art covers on the, the fronts. And um, I just did it. I just let it go. Because for me, that... It was a, a healing journey for me to just publish my story because when we were talking about like what the story is here today and that was my story. I just, I let it go. I let the past go and um, broke out of that box of I'm not worthy. And if, if people really know my true self, if they know my authentic self, they're not going to like me those thoughts I had to let them go to, you know, like if people really knew how I thought, if people really knew the things that I did in my twenties, like I wouldn't be accepted. Those thoughts I had to let go. So these are all the things that came up for me as I was even in the process of writing my story was how are people going to um, view me and what are they going to think of me? And am I going to be liked and accepted and loved? Am I, are people, um, what are they going to say? you know and and are they going to even want to buy the books for me my goodness like who's going to want to listen to some or read some narcissistic nonsense is what all would come up too. like no one's going to pay for this so there was that worth issue coming up for me too um so letting all of that go just to be able to publish the the, the my story is um was a, was the healing in itself too yeah, I really, really admire that. <laughs> like, so, I mean, you know, I've, I just published my own story talking, but of course, you know, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit and it doesn't have like everything in it. But um, I'm wondering about the writing itself. So when you wrote all of that, it was not to publish it. It was just no. about <laughs> So yeah, nope. I would like to talk a little bit about the process of writing and what it does for you and how it helps you basically. Yeah. So I wrote usually when um, I would say the dark side of the moon right before the new moon, because that's when my cycle would happen. And that's when I felt I was in my like lowest. Uh, and that's when I just needed someone to vent to, you know, and that was my journal, that someone was my inner self and to have a conversation with myself. Um, and so I it was usually around what I would, what my period is what I wrote all the time. Like maybe it's my period coming on, maybe it's the weather, but I don't know, something's wrong with me. I wrote that a lot. Like what's wrong with me? Why do I feel this way? I couldn't figure things out. And so I would write, why doesn't he love me? Why did we break up? oh, I don't really love him, so I have to break up with him. You know, those types of writing. But I usually, what I'm noticing in the, um, while I was writing, it was usually during my moon cycle. Um, so that's when the majority of it came out. But I, I was in the habit of writing every night. Um, 
And then there would be piece, parts of the books where it'd go two weeks and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I haven't written in so long and I have so much to catch up on. So it was always like a friend to myself and writing like I was writing to myself. So then I'd play catch up and I'd catch up. And then, um, and then I would get back into the habit of writing every night because that for me was a, re- a good release. I was like talking to a good friend and um, balancing that helped me balance my hormones to be able to get it out and not keep it in. I was able to release um, through the writing and what the writing did for me. That's the journaling did for me was like release completely. That's um, it's like someone listening without answering. No, yeah. it's like someone who's purely just listening. I love that yeah. idea. And that's, that's the biggest, um, a big reason why I published it too, was because I was like, okay, this feels good to be heard. No one has to tell me anything about it, no one, but just be heard, you know? So I get to write um, in journal as, as a way of being heard. I remember like the, I never really wrote journals a lot. I don't know, I was not a writer kid, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> But uh, I started writing journal when I was traveling and I did not speak my own language. And I felt like I'm losing myself because I, you know, I don't speak my own language. <laughs> so I had these conversations with myself and it was really like that too. I, just, I went to, I lived in Nepal for five months when I was in my early 20s, when I was 21. And that was the first time where literally like wrote every day and it was like to process everything that happened. It was really like I had, I needed the space to put everything there and to be able to look at it from the outside. And that, yeah, I totally see that this is basically what journaling does. And then also what I did sometimes, and I do that with my moon cycle, is to just um, like intuitive write, you know, not about anything, not about like what happened or something, but just like feeling what comes up and then just let it come up and like kind of pour onto the, well, I do that with drawing or, or painting or something too, just like have whatever comes up come out and like express itself basically and then it's kind of like almost like I'm not doing it I get to see a part of myself that I can't see that I don't like usually in every day I don't really I mean I can have access to it if I pay a lot of attention and if I meditate or something but I don't have access to it all the time it's like sometimes it's kind of hidden from me almost and then with these processes, it's just like coming up and getting out of there. Yeah. yeah. Through the studies I've been doing recently and being in um, circles lately, I've been learning that the moon cycle is just so powerful. The moon energies and working with your own blood and the power of the moon is is really powerful. So I'm, I've been diving into being able to work with moon energies and um, building a moon lodge for women and um, planting specific plants that will support women's cycle throughout the whole month, not just while they're on their moon cycle, but um, when they're on the upside of the moon cycle, what teas might support that or what elixirs might support the body during that time. So um, I'm really 
I'm grateful for these books because they um, they got a lot of of the old stuck patterns out and even rereading them. I'm like, wow, I, I was noticing in my own body, the endocrine system isn't hardly studied. No one really knows why hormones do what they do, except that hormones make you go crazy sometimes. So just on learning to be in balance, I really was able to come to the conclusion that, oh, I need some like real good balance in my life. So I'm working with my moon energy now and um, with plants that support the, the moon cycle is what I've been up to these days. Wonderful. I love that. It's wonderful to, that you can see your own patterns so well. I really, really like that. And I really think that this is something that helps so much in your self-development. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. I know, yeah, maybe. Let's talk about the traveling a little bit, though. <laughs> I know it's like looking into the past a little oh, yeah. bit. But yeah, it would be interesting. Okay. Um, well, I... The traveling really started for me when I um, was in college. My best friend and I were planning on going backpacking through Europe. And so while I was in college, I saved a bunch of money. I was ready to go. And she decided that she wanted to get married instead. So all the money she saved to go on our backpacking adventure, she used towards a wedding. And I was like, well, I still want to (laughs) go. And I had, you know, saved a bunch of money and worked really hard. throughout college to, to um, save some aside. So I went to, um, I applied for this school because back then I was going to business. I was going to college to become a, a you know, corporate businesswoman. And I figured having, um, living in Orlando, Florida and having, um, being bilingual would really help me get up that ladder. So I went to Spain. I decided to join a school in Spain, do an intensive study over there once I finished college. So I uh, went to Spain for a little bit and learned to speak Spanish. And, or it was an introduction course rather, um, to speak Spanish. And I met the coolest people. I met a boy who helped really, really help me learn to speak Spanish. Um, met the coolest people. I, the, the culture was just so different than mine in the United States. I, the architectures even, and I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved the fact that because most people didn't speak English and I could only say what I really needed to say in Spanish, I was my true authentic self. And it was the first time that I really loved who I was because I could be anyone at this point. No one knew me. I could be anyone. And when I was who I really felt I what I wanted to be there, I loved traveling because I could bring my best self forward. There was no one that already had preconceived ideas of how I should be or who I was, or this is how they've known me my whole life. So this is how I am. And I'm in these boxes for everyone else. And so I should, 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 should be, all these expectations for these people in boxes. And so when I would travel, that for me was like liberating. Like I can be me. And I really liked who I was. Um, however, there was a, a part of that, you know, the duality of all of that is um, because I was so used to um, not liking who I was, I still brought those patterns with me, like the drinking. Oh, goodness, the heavy drinking. 
and partying stage of my life really happened during those traveling <laughs> days. Woo! And so I came back to the United States and I worked, I got a job at an office. I was an office manager and uh, I worked and then I worked again um, later that eat those evenings at a restaurant because I knew I wanted to travel again. So I worked like 80 hours a week just to go somewhere again the next two, two weeks. Right. So I worked, I worked, I worked. And I was like, yeah, but then as I was working up this like corporate ladder, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I don't want to be in front of a computer all day. I don't want to be in an office all day. Like, no, this doesn't, this isn't it. It's like, this isn't it. Traveling had popped that bubble for me. I don't want to have to step on people's backs to get to the top because I had met so many cool people that I was just like, I really don't want to <laughs> do this. I, I made a mistake. How do I re And so I decided to get my um, TEFL degree, the Teaching English as a Foreign Language. It was a three-week program. And I wanted to go back to Spain, really, is what happened. I wanted to go back to Spain so bad. Um, so I did. I went back to Spain um, and Australia because I met a boy and we went to Australia. He was Australian and, lit and thought I'd live there and live heavily ever after with babies. And so uh, drinking heavily got in the way of that, <laughs> like clouded vision so much. Um, I had an issue with drinking, if you can't tell at the time. So... After coming back from Australia and Europe for the second time, I was like, okay, I need to do something with my life that allows me to travel because I want to see the world. I want to experience people. I want to experience other cultures and foods. And so I, I became a teacher and um, taught English in South Korea. And then I got to travel all over Asia. That was really a cool experience. Um, I was alone a lot, so I found myself going to the bars because that's where I felt the most connection was at the bars, and I would drink because I was so much cooler when I was drinking um, is what my thought process, too, was. And I even had someone tell me that I wanted to, to quit drinking for a while because I didn't feel good in my body. I was gaining weight. My stomach, I was having digestive issues. By the time I got to Korea... I was noticing some hardcore digestive issues. And so I kind of mentioned it to a friend, one of my drinking buddies, that I wanted to quit drinking for a while. And, and he basically was like, oh, well, how, how, who, how are you going to hang out? You're, like, you're so much cooler when you drink. He like said that. I was like, oh, but a part of me resonated with it because he was right. You know, I had all this cool free spirit energy when I was drinking. Um, and depressed when I wasn't really, I was, I struggled with depression and anxiety. I didn't know what I was doing with my life, especially while I was in Korea. I felt like all these other people had all these plans with what they were going to do with their life. And I was just kind of floating like, I'm just in Korea because I don't know what else to do with my life right now. You know, I'm like in this self-discovery mode, hardcore, but had no idea where I was going, what I was doing. I just was floating, um, on alcohol and um, then I finished up Korea about two and a half years being there. I saved a bunch of money. I was able to do that there and took like a year and a half off um, to 
go to California, cross the border at Mexico, and go down until I ran out of money, basically. I had a backpack on my back and a book in my hand, and I traveled with um, a guy that I had met in South Korea, and we were dating off and on and off and on and off and on. Um, and in, it was in uh, South America that I realized, like, hardcore digestive stuff were going on, like, hardcore. Um, I was not going to the bathroom for like five days at a time and it would hurt and be painful. And then all of a sudden I would, you know, so I was living on laxatives and Imodium for, that was just always in my bag. I would take a laxative when I couldn't go to the bathroom. And then when I couldn't stop, I'd take an Imodium. So I'd always have those in my traveling bags. And when we were on 24 hour bus rides from Mexico's huge. I had no idea how how big it was. We'd be on a, a, a bus ride for 24 hours and we'd get like this far on the map. <laughs> so those were like the most excruciating because I couldn't go to the bus driver and tell him like, stop because I have to go to the bathroom so bad. My insides were like, it was horrible to have. I got, um, while I was in Korea, I did get diagnosed with coli acute colitis and IBS. So it was like almost uncontrollable sometimes to like hold it. It was painful, not fun. Um, and so just traveled all the way down, just still kind of like at that point, I, I really liked the freedom, but I still was doing the search. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I had a book, I'd pick out a place and we'd go and it'd be really fun and I would enjoy it. Um, but I, I kind of just still didn't know what I was doing. And that's where I met you is, uh, during one of my breakups with the guy in Belize. I was wondering like, why I'd never met him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he showed up at our table when, um, I think you were swimming or something at the time, but, uh, I was in Belize and we were doing a visa run because we were, um, uh, volunteering in Cofradia in Honduras. And we... Uh, we were there a couple months and we were going to be there another three months. So we had to cross the border to get the visa again for Honduras to stay volunteering at this school. And being in Belize, we broke up and he went his way. And I was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go to Guatemala and, um, get my visa. Cause I don't think we could have done it in Belize. I don't remember that a whole thing, but I, um, but I knew I wanted to go to Tikal, so, and I was right there, so why not? Like, so I crossed the border from Belize into Guatemala, but on the border, we had to wait for, like, a bus or something, and that's where you came in. You were just sitting there, and, uh, you were like, hey, are you going, you know, to, I think Flores was the town we were heading to, and I was like, yeah, that's where I'm heading. You're like, okay, you want to ride with us? And we're going to go to this hostel. And I was like, okay, I didn't have any plans of where I was staying anyway. So yeah, why not? Let's do it. Sounds fun. <laughs> so we went and we went to the, um, the restaurant. We got this cool hostel and then we went to a restaurant and the sun was setting. It was to this day, it's still my favorite, favorite sunset. I've got pictures of it. But what I loved most about that sunset and you, and I wrote it, I believe I wrote it, was how free your spirit was because you like whipped off your shirt and jumped in the lake and went swimming in this sunset and I was like yeah man I didn't take off my shirt I wasn't um that liberated at the time 
but I went swimming in the lake and I was like, the sun was meeting the water, was swimming in the sunset, but there was this real kindredness um, to you at that point where I was like, this woman is free and liberated. She didn't have anything holding her back at them, you know, my impression of you. And so I was like, man, this is, this is more of how I want to be this feeling of freedom, not like the annihilated, inebriated, the shit faced freedom, but that real soulful freedom. And um, that was a really good experience for me there. We went to Tikal and then we went back to um, Cofredia. We went um, and finished uh, the volunteering there. And, and it just finally got to the point finally got to the point with my body, with this relationship that was going on and off and on and off and on and off, but was still a representation of like every other relationship that I had going on at the same time that was off and on and off and on. Enough was enough. I got to that like enough is enough. I have to start taking care of myself. Oh my gosh, like enough is enough. Like my body was really screaming at me. My mind was like enough. My heart was like, please do something different. So enough was enough. I decided to go to Cusco. And I met this amazing lady. Um, they call her La Gringa. And she's a, a shaman. And I decided to do some medicine work with her in Cusco, Peru. Um, in San Pedro was my very first medicine. And that one experience alone was so healing it was like my whole life just it didn't come up it went almost down spiraled down um this whole fear-based knot was like wrapped around in um barbed wire almost you know like my heart space was wrapped around in barbed wire it was just so closed off and so tightened with fear and anger and all these other things around it and when I unwrapped it and unwrapped what was under this all this stuff it was just this little tiny girl that didn't think she was worthy I didn't think I was worthy um and so after that experience I was like wow I really have to take care of this little girl and I vowed from that point on this little girl comes first like this little girl I, I have to hug her and tell her she's amazing and beautiful and wonderful because she is and um that was the first experience. And then um, a week or so later, I went into the Amazon jungle for two weeks and um, did some ayahuasca grandmother teacher plant, the most profound, amazing. Um, and these are, this is still all in my books too. So these are all readable events. Um, and just got kind of more deeper, deeper to the why I felt unworthy. So it was a, that was the healing. The ayahuasca helped bring up the healing and helped see the patterns, like why I had the patterns. It wasn't just that I had patterns. It was the why. Why do I have the patterns? Why did I have um, all these thoughts of not being worthy and um, that I was unlovable and uh, that I didn't matter and what I had to say didn't matter. And so it brought up the why for me. And so once that came up, I was able to then take 
didn't matter to me at that point how long it ne was necessary or what it would take. I was going to heal those parts of me. I was going to talk to those people that um, caused me to feel the way that I did. And so that was like the next part of the journey for me. So that's where the book ends. Is the end of my first experience in the jungle. I love that you have a, a specific thing to work on because I often feel like people that want to work with the medicine plants, they kind of just want to work with it because it's cool or, you know, it's like, oh, it's supposed to be this amazing experience. But I feel and I know and I've been taught that, that you have to know why. You have to know why you're taking this and what you want with it because otherwise it just opens this door into all this information and if you don't know what you're looking for you're not going to find anything you know it's just going to be like this woo, and okay that's it and what well, yeah i love that you had stuff to work through because then it, it's like literally it's for healing it's for healing specific problems specific life issues and that's where it's the deepest and the most strong and it's not just a psychedelic experience right. <laughs> it's like so much more than this yeah i love that that's so wonderful so how did you get to where you are now <laughs> oh, i did a bunch of healing <laughs> you know that's wonderful yeah um I did um, some, so I got back, I got back to the States after that experience in the Amazon because I was gung-ho. I was like, yeah, I love myself. I'm ready to just, and then when I got back to the States, it was kind of like, eh, because no one could understand this new me, this, this new person I wanted to be, right? Like I was still getting invited to go to the bars and I was like, well, okay, okay, well, sure, because that's, that was the old life. So for about a year or two, actually, um, I got into a, a relationship and kind of was going back towards. So I went back to the jungle. <laughs> I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta recenter because um, I was so excited when I left the gen the, the jungle the first time. Um, I went back and I spent another few weeks working with some shamans there and um, really diving in to what my purpose was at this point because when I had gone back to the States I was just kind of like again just bouncing like I dated a guy and then I went back to um teaching I, I had a teaching job that was cool and but I, I still went back to the restaurant too at night because I had this idea that there was something else I wanted to do you know I might travel again or there was always like just this idea that um I might just go somewhere so I I, I still wasn't sure what I was doing um, so I went back to the jungle the second time and really this time focused on what my purpose was and what my passion was in life. And I did, I got that, um, uh, movement, um, cause I've always loved to dance. Dancing, it was like, besides writing, I just, dancing was my next go-to. The freedom and the liberation that came from giving it all up, all the cares. There was nothing on my mind. Only my heart space was listening to the music and I could flow for hours. And I was just, I, I would love that space that I'd be in with dancing. Um, so, um, and that was one of the 
that was one of the things that this, the very first medicine journey brought up for me is how angry I was at my mom. So like mother issues came up for me. And so we worked through all that. We have a beautiful relationship, but my whole life, anytime anything went wrong with my life, blamed it on my mom because I should have been some prima ballerina dancer. I should be on the stage dancing and dancing my whole life. But because of her decision one day to blah, blah, blah. So I had this blame game going on with my mother for years. <laughs> anytime anything went wrong, it was her fault. So I had to let that go. And we worked through that beautifully. So knowing that movement is something that's so passionate for me. Um, movement is now my purpose, right? So I, um, and that comes in many forms, movement of energy, movement of your physical body, movement of um, energetics, movement. So um, I, I wanted to go to Columbia University and become a dance and movement therapist. That didn't really work out because I didn't have two classes, anatomy and um, physiology, and can, um, I think kinesiology, kinesthetics. I needed two classes, so I couldn't go until I finished those classes. So I had to wait the following year to reapply again. So I was like in a funk about that because I really wanted, you know, to heal through music, music and dancing and help others heal through. So then I decided to become a group fitness instructor and I was like, well, screw it. I can just have some classes. And so I became a group fitness instructor and then I went to massage school so that was kind of the really cool roundabout way to get my um, classes, the anatomy and physiology and kinesiology. I really loved the healing aspect of what massage brought. Um, it was like energetic healing, physical healing. It was a really beautiful experience at um, massage school. I went to Florida School of Massage and it was just so amazing. And it was like being in a medicine journey in itself just by being in that um, course. So became a massage therapist um, and a group fitness instructor. So I started creating classes um, that I would uh, love to, to, to be in myself. So I started creating these free flowing movement classes where um, you could just listen to the music and move however you wanted. I started creating classes for um, children, children's movement. And um, so I had all these ideas and, and stuff and I would have the class every now and then but um, then I became a mother myself so we uh, I met my husband right after I didn't get um, after the application for Chicago didn't go through I met my husband on a weekend journey um, it was like a, a medicine weekend with some really good friends of ours and I met him um, he was dating someone I was dating someone Three years later, we met up again and got married and got married in North Carolina and then had our honeymoon in North Carolina. I think maybe one of our first dates was. So we live there now. We, um, we decided, like, this is our destination place and Florida just isn't it for us. Like, let's be where we love to be. And that's North Carolina. So we live in North Carolina currently. Um, and so we have two babies now and are in the stages of creating our kin's domain, which is our space of love where we can have gardens. And so now my whole focus is um, basically on my children, really my daughter. She is like this exact replica replication of my inner self, almost like looking at 
she she looks just like me first of all but loving her in a way that like heals me too so like my own kid is my medicine like both my little my little how do I want women to love my son how do I want my son to be in this world um because of the experiences I had with men you know um weren't always that great but that was also that self-love thing that came in so like been teaching my daughter like what does it look like to have this self-love like what does it look like for us to just love ourselves and appreciate and um find amazement and wonder in ourselves so um that's what we've been doing these days is just loving on my babies I've just been loving on my babies and working on growing foods and teas and helping um you know this idea of helping her become the woman like just giving her space to like become who she's gonna become and she's already amazing like I don't have to do anything she's amazing (laughs) she's just oh she's amazing um and so like even today right so I got a little side story I'm in the bathroom putting on makeup and she's like can I have some of that it's like well no I'm gonna do an interview so um I'm just putting on a little bit of makeup and she's like well well, can I have some? And I was like, no, you don't really need any right now. And she said, why not? I said, because you're just so beautiful already. You just don't need makeup to hide anything you got going on. She goes, so you're not beautiful? And I'm like, "Mm." okay, no, no. Okay, I am beautiful. It's just enhancing my beauty. And I'm like, she got me. She got me. (laughs) She got me. So it's it's that. It's that kind of medicine that my, my daughter brings me all the time. And, uh, and in June, this coming June, I got, um, oh, so to back up just a little bit, when I published the book, um, I worked with this branding coach for a short time and she said, oh, well, you probably won't, you know, your connections are going to bring people to you, but with the book, but your real deal connections are going to be from, um, retreats. And I was like, retreats, I don't want to hold retreats. I can't hold retreats. I don't even know what I would Fast forward three years, I'm holding a retreat for the first time in June, (laughs) co-hosting a retreat. I got invited to to mastermind with this other woman, and she's like, do you want to, you know, do this? And I was like, yeah, I do, because in the last three years, I've had a lot of cool trainings, and I've been sitting in a lot of circles, and I've realized that circles with women are so healing, and I was always the youngest woman in the circles, usually the youngest woman in all of these circles that I would sit in. And I thought to myself, if we could like bridge the gap somewhere between these um, really cool, amazing elders and um, the 40 something year olds, they would always come to me and say, if I knew that at your age, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I was really fortunate to be so young to have like gotten onto this journey of self healing and, um, did I mention that my stomach issues are like gone? <laughs> By the way, I don't have those stomach issues. Everyone used to say, well, you can't heal IBS. That doesn't, you know, that's not curable, you know? And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it comes from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, wow, you know, when you, when you see the root, root problems and it does. So, so yeah, so once I started sitting in these circles and getting so nourished by other women and I was like, yeah, we need to, to, to aid, you know, close that gap of age. And 
you know, I know I was looking for connections and that's why I was at bars all the time and drinking all the time. I was looking for the connection to myself. I was looking to the connection to the other women. I would hear myself say, oh, well, I'm just better friends with men because women are catty and women are, you know, whatever. But it was basically because I just, I really wanted friendships and stuff. So now, um, just that's kind of what we've been doing too, is just focusing on getting, um, you know, anyone in their twenties who wants to connect and connect to themselves and connect to other women and, and hold spaces now for them and hold spaces for movement to occur, whatever that looks like. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your story. That's like so beautiful to hear. And it's so nice to really share this experience of self-healing and that it's possible for everyone. And I love that you focus on getting the younger women in because I also feel, I mean, here in the community where I'm at, most of the women there are just a little bit older than me. Like I'm my end 30s and they're maybe in their 40s and 50s which in the beginning was so strange for me to basically teach them or guide them and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, they've been to many more circles than me, but I'm sitting here and trying to tell them stuff. But I totally had to get over that too, because I've realized that's what I'm here for, you know, and I'm okay. It's like, okay, you know, they appreciate what I do. And they're not like, oh, but she didn't do this right or this right. No, they just appreciate me holding a space. And that's, that's what I'm here for. So, but yeah, I also feel it's very important to get to the younger women because so many things that I learned in my 30s, I would have been so happy to know that when I was 20, to feel yeah. that connected. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, and for me, like, it's not just because it's the younger crowd, it's, it's because now I know what motherhood's like. Mm. Now what, I know what it's like to be responsible for another living being and how to create another um and and not just one but two <laughs> now i'm a mother of two living beings and creating the responsibility of um really taking care of them and their psyche and knowing how impressionable the psyche is because i've been through my own experience and i would never oh my gosh if i could avoid my daughter in all ways to go through not go through what i did i get that she will have her own life I totally get that but if I could still just give her the um a foundation and a basis of um already healing for her being in you know connected to nature I think it's really important for my children um so connecting them to nat nature so that they could see themselves in nature and um find a connection to themselves so they don't have to go outside of themselves so that aside women before they have children is who I'd love to reach to be like, can you please just, because having children is like trigger, 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 trigger. All this stuff comes up. Oh my gosh. Like mom guilt galore happens sometimes. It's, oh my God, maybe I'm not doing good, a good enough job for my kids, you know, type of stuff. But being able now I have a whole bunch of tools to work with those things. When they come up, I don't have to drink three bottles of wine um, to numb those thoughts that come up. I have other tools I can work with. Um, but having um, done so much work already just makes it so much easier to parent, I think. So um, reaching those women like before they have children, like really heal, do lots of real deep, deep work before you bring um, someone that's going to 
really bring it out of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> children I will do. Agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very important job. So, how can anyone get in touch with you? Well, I have a uh, Facebook book page, Facebook page that I just left public. So anything I post, anyone's welcome to read there. Um, I have a website and a YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel. Okay, so I will put up those links. And uh, thank you so much for your story. It was really healing to hear all that. I'm very, very happy you did that. So thank you everyone out there for listening and I hope to see you again in one month. Bye-bye. Bye. And if you would like to check out the links again or you're looking for more information, then please also visit the website. It's www.feminineexpressions.com and on the English website you find everything under talks. Thank you for listening and I hope to hear you soon. Bye-bye.